Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am only your classic nerd. And I'm V. I'm your comic book nerd. Slightly stuffy Guys. comic book nerd. Yeah, yeah, fellas, fellas. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Diz. Uh, I'm doing it God again. damn it. I'm doing it again. <laughs> motherfucker. I'm yeah. loving this. I really am enjoying this. Annoys me. You have to excuse me because uh he's sick. Don't, don't be mean to him. I, I am a little bit sick, right? But you know, it's uh the reality is y'all done fucked up. I'm sick of your shit. You did. You fucked up because you gave me the reins, you know, you gave you you gave me control of the cart, and now I'm gonna abuse my powers. The car or oh, the yeah, cart? Fuck. What did you say? The cart, the cart. The, wait, what are you saying? Here? Are you, is there a T there or no T? Yeah, like so I uh I'm going to tell you right now, okay? The cart, number one, with the cart, you know, like with the horse and shit, right? This oh, is because, you know, like shopping uh, cart. No, no, you're, you know, yeah. you're, you're a history guy, Lee, so I decided to do a throwback in transportation, right? So last time you needed <laughs> to drive anywhere. Just because I'm like, like I'm a history guy doesn't mean like I'm, ah, oh, chariots. That's my preferred mode of transportation. <laughs> like, being a historian doesn't mean, that, you know, I've given up the comforts of modern life. First of all, Lee, okay, if you could own a chair, you would. Don't lie. In fairness, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) A flying trade. That sounds great. No, that sounds great in theory, Ali, until you realize that those horses that on the like the chariots poop all the time and you're gonna be smelling. First of all, it would it wouldn't be horses. Ali would have some demon cats or some shit riding that. You know, it'd be like one nightmare. Yeah. Nightmares. Exactly. Nightmares, right? The the horses with flames and shit spitting out of them. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but listen, you, you you guys fucked up, right? Because I found we gave the chariot to you. Yes, you handed the reins over to me, right? Well, now we're we're attacking the Spaniard, you know, and he's using his uh, his strategies during Vindabana in the middle of the Gladiators Arena, and we're about to get fucked up because I learned how to use the soundboard on Zencaster, <laughs> and I've uploaded I've uploaded all sorts of sounds. Oh my! Please God. don't turn this into a goddamn. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't turn this into a fucking gimmicky show. No, it's not. It's not. You know, because I, I, had a, I had a feeling that this would be the only time you guys let me do it. So I decided that I was going to uh, just, you know, do it once or twice, and then we're gonna, and then we're gonna go back to our regularly scheduled programming. That's fair. Okay. I can, I can sum up that. Otherwise, I'd have did you kill Biz? I just did it. What? That was what? the rated. You know, oh, like, is that Raiden? <laughs> Raiden does. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. They're, slightly, they're slightly faint, so I didn't I didn't quite hear who he was. Yeah. It sounded like an elephant. Yeah. God. Not- we've turned into like we've turned into shock jocks from like morning radio. Oh, good lord. No, oh, no. Good lord. There's only like a couple of things on here, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abuse it, but you know, like I like the I like the idea of using the sound Just the option being there is nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. And no. you know, but honestly, like they're not particular they're not great. You know, there's only a couple of ones that I were able to find that I thought fit. As long as, you know, fucking Mortal Kombat doesn't call us up and try to sue us or some shit. Oh, they're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I don't think. Yeah. Hey, listen. What? Speaking of Mortal Kombat, oh. I have a really dumb question for you guys. Oh, okay. All right. This is As a question that was your usual brilliant question. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Okay. Listen, actually, this might be a brilliant question. All right. It was, it was posed to me earlier and I was told I was wrong. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses you done messed up A.A. Ron it was a stupid question done duck-sized horses 
Hold on, say that again. I couldn't follow. Would you rather? Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck? All right. So a duck the size of a horse, or a hundred horses the size of a duck. One horse-sized duck. No, it's just that's like a fucking gigantic horse. Yeah, but right? duck, like, one. You only have to take one of those out. A yeah, hundred how... can overpower you. No, they're small. Yeah, but they're duck size. They're not that small. And a hundred of them? Do you understand how how many a hundred is? They could they could overpower you. You just go. Around, it's not like they're gonna fucking Voltron on you. Yeah, you know? no, but they're, they're gonna overrun you like ants. You. If a hundred of them attack you and start pecking at you, that's gonna they can take you out. I could I could kick them off. Not a hundred of them. You're not understanding I how one how large a hundred is. Like, if it was like twenty of them, yeah, you get a little bit scratched up. But you could take them. That's a hundred of them, though. I, yeah, I think I think you're stuff. overestimating your competency when it comes to fighting these things off. Yeah, especially a hundred of them. I'd kick them. You can't kick a hundred. They're all coming at you at once. You're going to kick maybe a couple of them, and then they're going to overrun you, and your ass is going to die. Listen, these fuckers don't have like the like fight theories. They're just going to like gonna run in the storm. storm. They don't need to. Yeah. Storm. I will say though, I would I be, know, I would, I don't know about that, about a giant duck either, because they have corkscrew penises, and they, and in, <laughs> you know, it's it's scientifically proven that uh, they're a little bit over, the males are a little overzealous with the women's. It's yeah. not like horses. Okay, I refuse to have this conversation. <laughs> I don't even know how you nearly got me dragged down to your filth. I refuse to have this conversation. I'm just saying that. If it's a horse-sized duck, it's not any different than a horse-sized horse. Yeah. Would you rather fight a hundred ducks or or one horse? One horse. Yeah, those ducks I could are... take one animal. Yeah, as tough as that animal is, I could take one of them. Yeah, and you don't have to kill it once. You got to kill a hundred. Yeah. You got to kill a hundred mini horses. No, it's stupid. It sucks. Yeah, I... Don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna get you know out of this unscathed. But I just I'll take one. One animal I can take. It's like the kangaroo. You punch the kangaroo, right? What are you going to do with a fucking 100 piranha? Yeah, I'll fuck you know, up. man. Listen, listen. That, that fucking horse you is coming at you. Anyone should appreciate that size doesn't matter. <laughs> I know, man. But it's coming at you at 40 miles per hour. It's what you do with it if you matters. Sh- if, you sh- if you shrink it down, you know, the terminal velocity won't be as fast. Yeah, as but there's a hundred of them. Yeah, just they're not gonna come as fast. You just fucking punt them away. It's like kicking. Really think you can take on a hundred horses running at you at once, like small ones, even if they were. I love, I love how in Dis's mind, he's just punting these duck-sized horses. Like it's nothing. I've seen you huff and puff upstairs, you piece of shit. Yeah, but you like, how do I take my mild exercise? And you think you I can would... take on a hundred of these highly, you know, muscular, really fit animals? They're tiny. I'd kick them. So it's just, <laughs> it's like... the same thing. Like, one regular sized dog is dangerous, but a hundred chihuahuas will fucking kill you. No way, man. How, all right, listen. How much does one duck weigh on average? Like five pounds, you know. I I, I blame myself, Ali. I had to I had to do the soundboard. Now it opened up to this. Particular. Yeah, you just opened up. You opened up a, a bottle I of know. chaos here. I'm just gonna point out that this is like the is a Jurassic Park two uh-huh. or three. It's the little mm-hmm. dinosaurs. You seem like you could take them on. Mm. 
those are fucking velociraptors, those man. Those, those are, are the little, little the ones. small, like the super small ones, the one like chihuahua sized yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, they kill people because they're that's because they're able to swarm, and it's the same thing with with dogs, any type of small animal in that way. It's very dangerous. A hundred or more, they'll they'll take you out. That's true, especially if they unionize. I take my chance. You know, yeah, they don't know how to unionize, bro. What the fuck? They don't have fucking Jimmy Hoffa there to help them with the teamsters and the unions. Uh, The thing, I mean, come on now. It's like there's they're animals. They have a pack mentality. They're literally built genetically to do a to 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 work that way. I'm built genetically to punt them. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're horses. They're fitter than you. Whatever size they're they're in. They're, they're more them. fit than you'll ever be. That's I'll true. I'll take them. I could take these these fucking you're centaurs. Gonna t- you're literally going to kick two of them, and then you're going to ask your ass is going to have to vape for the next thirty minutes to like get to deal with the stress. I'll blind them with my vape smoke. See, you you gave me more weapons. We, I appreciate this. I think I take. Uh, I'm just. Yeah, I don't think this is. Yeah. This is. I don't understand what's going on here. I'm not going to be able to convince I don't know, you. Man. I, see, I, like, I don't know. I was told I was wrong before, too. So maybe I am wrong. Yeah, now multiple I people have like... told you you're wrong. Who's yeah. the other person you asked this to? My coworker brought it up to me and asked me. And then he told me I was wrong by yeah, my answer. The obvious answer is the small one, which is the wrong answer. But ducks can fly. Yeah. You have a flying horse. Yeah. You're screwed, man. Wait, what? It's still, it's still one. There's one of them. It's tough. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck. But you could take one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I, technically I'm you only need to shoot it in the head once. Yeah. Well no man, I don't have a gun. So you just what you, you Bash it in the head in the in the face with a stick. I just want to know what type of conversations are you having? You should be working. Yeah. Isn't the the holiday season? Aren't you in retail? This is why your numbers suck. Yeah. <laughs> My numbers are great. My numbers are great, goddammit. And yet but somehow you were able to bring down your poor coworker too, wheel him into uh, this ridiculousness. I don't because you know what it I is? Bring it's the holiday season. It brought me down. The holiday season brings about a certain type of madness. I've realized mm-hmm. this. this is true. That there's something about from that period from Thanksgiving on where we sort of suspend reality. Yeah. Hmm. We suspend normal sense. Everyone acts a fool during the holidays, right? It's just like, it's like you know how they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah, it's a dumb quote. You know, like the... It's a super dumb quote, but there's like the rules don't apply in Vegas. The rules don't apply during the holidays. Nobody acts right. No one acts smart. No one knows what they're doing. People are killing each other over stupid shit. Mm. Even even corporations end up making horrific decisions. Advertisement during the holidays is the worst mm-hmm. type of advertisement. In my oh, opinion. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I hate ads just about as everyone else does, but advertisement during the holidays that's another level oh it's the worst it's the worst you can always tell like you know when the holidays coming when everyone every celebrity does like a a fragrance commercial and it's like the same shit where they're like (laughs) dancing to like see or something in like black and white and then like you know they're on the beach and then they say like one word and then it goes into like aqua de joe or you know whatever the children are wearing these days eternity for men that's an old guy cologne you know, but like, you know, shit like that. But uh, you know, it's it's. I'm happy you brought that my up. Dad wears a yeah. <laughs> I have I have like I think my dad like so like someone got it for my dad like 20 years ago and like it's, he hasn't. It's, he hasn't a, it's a dad. It. It's definitely a dad yeah. cologne. Yeah, my dad used to wear that too, bro. <laughs> it's a I it's guess, a dad cologne. I'm not surprised. You know, it's called eternity. So you know, it has it has it has you know, I guess time 
you know, as it's connected with time a little bit. So it makes sense. Yeah. It's, either, it's either that or you see a fucking video of um, Neil Patrick Harris dancing in PJs talking about Old Navy or some shit. That's how you know yeah, it's the holidays. You know, it's all kind of the same foolishness, right? But I think the one that kind of took uh, the holiday, you know, took Black Friday and the holiday season by storm, and it's in what is also the audacity of the caucasity, right? It's like in the most, probably mm. the most whitest way possible, in a sense. I don't know if that's the proper way of, of describing it or not. But uh, have you guys heard of Have you guys heard of Peloton before? Uh yes, they make the gun cases. The no, no. The gun well, cases. I mean, they might. I don't know. Like these two. Oh no, that's uh, okay. That's these Pelican, mega corporations—you never know. You know, they're making—they're making all sorts of shit. I don't. I am not. I wouldn't be surprised if Peloton made like blow-up dolls and everything else. But like their main, you know, the 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 main thing that they do is exercise bikes, right? Yeah. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. These are the the ones with like the video screens. Yeah. yeah. So you know, for, yeah. for fancy one for us, you know, uh, apparently now getting a regular exercise bike and just putting it in front of your TV isn't good enough anymore you know so yeah these cut these come with like specialized training of yeah so it's like you can do like classes and shit i have a friend who actually has a peloton right she pays like a monthly fee for it you know well this is subscription yeah yeah you can do it a subscription if you want right but it's like this thing where it's like you're connected to the wi-fi and you can do classes with people from around the world and shit you know and uh you know they, they all have just just once I'd like to buy something that I don't have to fucking connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah, you know that was a that was a good time, and I see. I don't think people shouldn't be opening up their homes this way. I I I, I feel mm-hmm. like if you really wanted to, right? If if you ever wanted to, you know, you're opening up the video, you could see other people working out and shit. You know, a really creative white collar thief could really kind of figure out how to steal all your shit just based on what they see in your bedroom while you're working out, and you know they're fit enough to yeah. run because they're on that damn bicycle all the time. You know, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there right now. Uh, if you guys did you guys actually see that ad with the girl and it's got like the, the yeah. it's got that 90s music yeah. in the background. And she's like, you know, yeah. it's a weird hostage situation where she acts like she's got to blink twice to tell people that she's under duress. It was a Christmas yeah. present. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, a Christmas present. She got her Peloton. Yeah, that husband right there. That f- <laughs> that's always like a underhanded. Oh, gift. it's fucked up. Like it's a- like. I bought you a gym membership. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Asshole. There's no way, in, no way in hell. If you buy your wife or your girlfriend a fucking fitness bike or something for Christmas or their birthday, yeah, you did. Yeah, it's like buying them like a vacuum. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's an underhanded gift. It's one of the ones you're like, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do that shit, right? But Peloton's trying to be sneaky about it, right? Acting as if somehow people want exercise bikes for Christmas and shit. Which dumb as fuck, right? It's a two thousand dollars stationary bike, right? And oh my god, is yeah, it, really? it costs. It's actually over two. It's I like twenty four hundred. It's like over two thousand dollars. Fucking right. <laughs> and oh it kind of god. like, it, and you know, just like with a lot of things, uh, AirPods were like this a couple years ago. It kind of became the symbol of of like white collar, like or not even white collar, but of just like of like over wealth and privilege, right? Like people who just have too much. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And like I said, people are sitting there going, why the hell do I need to do that when I can just put my a, a regular exercise bike in front of a TV that costs one hundred and fifty dollars? Right now, the yeah. thing about this yeah. ad, these ads themselves are are really interesting because 
um, they had released an ad a year before, and people always kind of comment on how the settings in all these ads are like this, like these amazing mansions with waterfalls and shit behind them, and you know these rich yeah, ass yeah. people with all their money or houses with these really like kind of open floors. Because anyone who's ever had any type of uh, exercise equipment in their house knows it clutters up the house. Yeah, fast. yeah, it ends up becoming more kind of like a coat hanger. You know, for like a bunch of your jackets yeah. and shit, then it actually becomes like an exercise bike, right? Just like that one chair everyone has in their room. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting on that so, chair. And people are kind of upset because the actress Monica Ruiz, right? Uh, you know, very, very uh, talented young lady. Uh, you know, they're sitting there going, you know, she's already kind of thin. She's already kind of she's thin. Already thin. Not kind of thin. She already is thin. <laughs> like, what the hell does she need a Peloton yeah. for? Yeah, she's a good-looking lady. You know, not that that's that's the uh, main. That's not that's not the main issue here. Okay, but people kind of you know, people now the internet right uh, started picking the ad apart like crazy. Um, you know, that's talking really. about things like that and everything else, right? And then you know, the the context of the commercial was weird. I didn't realize when I first watched it, but it's her recording herself over the years, like doing like a vlog type yes. of thing, right? Which in and of itself, yeah. I think, kind of shows a weird dystopian society type thing, right? But oh, ultimately, yeah. the the vlog that she's recording of herself is her thanking her husband over the next year for buying her the Peloton the year before. And at that point, <laughs> I was so upset by this commercial. I was like so righteously un, you know, indignant at this damn commercial. I'd like go outside of my house for a second and contemplate whether or not this was a life worth living. Like this is this, <laughs> wow. an element here of like. First of all, it's a surreal ad, right? There's here's this woman who's already thin. She's been given a Peloton and will lose even more weight by her ever so loving husband. But then she's they've somehow managed to add like memento level directing yeah. involved because there's like a flashback scene of a year long memory Seriously. until we reach the point where oh shit, look at her, she's lost. I don't know, three pounds and she's sitting on the couch and they're watching this film together of her exercising the glory of her husband from a year ago, giving her this gift. You're just like, Jesus it is, it is so scary. Cause it's like a lot of people kind of noted like, you know, like the first scene, it's like, she sounds like she's really scared to do this exercise bike in her own fucking house. Yeah. That, what was that about? Why did it, they make it seem like, she was emotionally hesitant yeah, at first. You know, I what was I the build up there? What's what did I miss? What was yeah. the stake? <laughs> I, so, I feel like I missed a part of the plot. Like somehow secretly she had a flashback of the last time her her, her other boyfriend gave her a Peloton. And that's why yeah, he's an yeah. ex. Because so if she was actually a Peloton, it yeah, was a Nordic. <laughs> <laughs> no, she well, went no, on a flex or some shit. Wait, is Nordic, a Nordic even a, uh, a Nordic? I, I don't know, bro. Yeah, no, Nordic, Nordic track, is the that's type of people. Was, yeah. Nordic track and Bowflex. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> I don't know. Bowflex isn't a bike, Ali. It's that uh, fucking the, weird. The Bowflex is the Bowflex. thing with the rods. So you, it's like a it's lifting of, platform. Not a platform, but it's like a lifting um, yeah. like bench. What? Yeah, it's like it's the old school commercials from like when we'd Whatever. be watching like Hercules. Yeah. Whatever it is, <laughs> she had flashback. Yeah. Well, I don't under—I didn't understand like why they had to make it so emotional. That's what was great. Not only was it all fucked up, but they somehow made it yeah. dramatic. So, 
she blames herself for that. You know that, right? This poor girl, Monica Ruiz. That's her yeah, name, might be. So she went on Good Morning America like a few weeks after like the ad went viral because like she didn't want to like talk about it at first because she said like you know she didn't want to like bring negative attention towards it blah 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 but like when the internet wouldn't shut up about it she decided she needed to speak yeah. she's like i i was told to look excited and i think like my eyebrows just made me look scared instead of excited oh, come on now. And i'm so sorry to everyone who thought that i looked scared oh so she wasn't going for scared She's going for excited. You're all interpreted. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes more sense, but let's be real at this point. If a significant number of people thought you were scared. Yeah. You know, maybe work on those eyebrows a bit. Learn from that one girl about the Uyghur Muslims and how to do your eyebrows properly. But yeah, like, those were eyelashes. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Something, do something with the eyes. All right. But, yeah. Yeah. Don't look like a, a hundred fucking duck-sized horses are coming all right we're not do, we're not doing this okay we're not don't doing do it this. don't okay. even go don't go there it was a dark spot we were in we don't need to go back there yeah but i i think also it's important to kind of also highlight this as well is that you know i i'm always kind of the settings have always people always talked about the settings right and that was a huge part of this whole yeah. thing where it's like who has this billion dollar house right and like they're like the brands are trying to sell you this idea of somehow yeah. when you get this one doodad Right. When you get this one, it's a, you know, this, this, uh, I, I don't know, this, this, this one piece will finally put everything in place. And all of a sudden you'll be living this beautiful, amazing, rich life. Right. And it's, uh, yes. you know, what, what the idea behind, you know, what is considered kind of beautiful and amazing and yeah. special as opposed cars to do yeah. that too. Have you noticed that? Like there's like the car to the two tiers of cars. There's like ordinary cars. Yeah. And then the luxury cars, like from Audi link, like they always show, like the house that that car ends up in, no one lives in a house like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always really open and spacious and like really high tech and modern yeah. and chic looking. Like, nope. The, dude, the fucking, yeah. These people in these car commercials are stupid as hell, by the way. Which idiot is not telling their wife that they're spending fucking $80,000 on a fucking brand new car to put it on a bow and put it outside the house? If you make that kind of decision without talking to your wife, you deserve to get divorced. Jesus Christ. Damn. Yeah. That's that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You, you know, we can't we can't all all of us can't afford that type of uh, that type of clout. You know, that's a it's all about the the decisions. The financial decisions need to be discussed in the family. I've always wondered too. Is like, is that a paid off car, or did you just did you just sign up that poor person and to put him on a lease lease yeah, payment? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was wondering that. It's like it's not a paid off car. Did you just spend fifty thousand dollars on that car, yeah. or did you put a down payment and expect this poor person to now pay? Yeah, well, that's know, like five hundred dollars a month. Isn't it different like from like when Oprah gave everyone a car and they all had to pay like the taxes for it and shit, and like most of them couldn't yeah, even insurance. Yeah, right? People couldn't like pay for all the other stuff, so it's like made her look really good on TV. But like you know, at the end of the day, it was like kind of shitty. Yeah. They do that. So like on the, well, I went on the prices, right? Like seven years ago, I didn't get on the show, but like when I, I was a, a studio audience member, they said, they told us before, like we may, we had to sign something. Like if you win anything, you have to pay the taxes on the amount that it's worth. So like if you win that trip to like fucking Switzerland or you're whatever, and it's taxes. worth like, yeah, if it's worth $30,000, you're paying taxes on $30,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, this Christ. is just, I mean, and the thing like this, the whole Peloton thing, you know, the ad itself is literally called the gift that gives back. It's telling you, you know how it's they gave it a fucking name for God's sakes. You I know? just want can we can we remark for a moment like how this gets like 
from bad to worse. Like every time V brings up another detail, we have to pause because it's so bad. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they lost a billion dollars in the market like a couple of days after they. Uh, yeah, because this is the weird thing about the Internet, right? Like market shares went down by almost a billion dollars because of the way this ad went. Right. And it's like the thing is, though, people are just like they're just, I guess, aware enough to say something about it. They're never actually going to do anything. Right. Like, you know, it's not like anyone's uh-huh. going to be pushing back against like beauty standards or like, you know, how how advertisement is or like how we, you know, how we rate things or how we talk about things. Right. But they're going to yeah, make fun yeah, of it enough yeah. that people are going to, you know, maybe divest for a couple of days and then kind of put money back into it eventually. Right. You know, and that's. Yeah. I mean, we see with every single ad. I, I remember I was watching a John Oliver piece on tobacco a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how Marlboro did this thing called the uh, uh, Don't Be a Maybe campaign, which is basically them going, you know, we want people to live the Marlboro lifestyle. And the Marlboro lifestyle yeah. was basically saying, you know, that you're going to go and you're out, you're going to seize the day and you're going to do everything and you're going to, yeah. you know, you're going to take on all challenges. They're not going to mention that lung disease and that cancer you're going to get. But you're going to go oh, out and you're going to say yes. seize the day. Yeah. You're going to seize the day because you're going to get lung cancer and die. That's true. 50. Yeah. And uh, th- this is an interesting aspect of it. And you see it with the Peloton, right? The, and the house is part of it. The backdrop is a part of it, right? Yeah. Peloton isn't selling you a uh, piece of equipment. What is it selling you? Yeah, the lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Selling you a certain lifestyle. This is at the heart of, of advertisements. Advertisements goal is not to sell you an object. It's to sell you a dream. Oh, that's true. That makes sense. It's to get you to dream about that thing, right? Because at the heart of it, it's all about getting you creating a need. How do you create a need for something that is a fundamentally a luxury item? Yeah. Or yeah. a beauty item. Like how do you create a need for something? We only need a certain number of like food, right? Yeah. Make sure food tastes good. That that's it, right? You know, make sure that you got like oh, there's only a handful of th- water. Yeah. Choose this water bottle. Right? Like, like that's what we need. But like how do you convince someone that they need to buy that coat over this other coat? Yeah, that's true. Or this shoe over that shoe. Or they need to buy a fucking Peloton for $2,400. So the only way to do that is you need to create a need. And you do that by getting people to over-identify with not the object, but the lifestyle associated with the object. Wow. Buy this and you too can have this lifestyle. This is the heart of advertisement. It is, in fact, one of the major features of corporate advertisement as it emerged in the 20th century is that it created the American dream. The thing we take for granted in America, this thing called the American dream, work hard and you too can get wherever you need to go or whatever, right? Yeah. That's a that's a fiction created by corporate America. Something to do with the ethos of America. There's nothing inherently American about that. That is true. I mean, that yeah. came, our society was built yeah, on slavery. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the heart of the heart of, of it was advertisement. It created the Beaver Cleaver family, the white picket fence. Work hard and you'll end up at a good job, wife and kids, and a white picket fence house. That's what it sold. And how did it sell it? You know, or why did it sell it? Because it, it wanted you to buy that one brand of baking soda and that other brand of, you know, turkey basters or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's what it was. It was about selling you toasters and refrigerators. 
that's at the heart of advertisement. Advertisement have all, has always been in the game of not selling you objects, but selling you lifestyles, selling you even uh, conceptions and dreams about who you are as a person. Yeah. Are you a Peloton person? Or are you not a Peloton? That's true. It's like exclusivity, right? Like the idea of uh, yeah, of like exactly. what makes you different from everyone else. Well, why is it that we go for Apple products? There's nothing particularly good about Apple products. I mean, let's be honest, yeah. right? Don't please iTunes don't kick us off. But there's nothing any particularly good about. Yeah, I mean, and they're Apple more expensive products. than. Oh, more yeah. expensive. It's a brand thing. It's an entirely a brand thing, right? You want to be yeah. on the in. You want to be mm-hmm. part of the crew. You want to be part yeah. of the Apple Squad. Have you have you ever heard the word peasant green text? Peasant green, yeah. Afraid? I've said it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's a it's it's a thing, bro. People like like I've I've seen people like say like I'm not gonna date someone who doesn't have an Apple phone. I'm not dating a peasant. Yeah. Why are you sending me green text? Nah. Yeah. That's I, the, I've said it before too. This though, is but. this is all this is all part of that advertisement. It's about selling you a sense of identity. We over, we, especially in the era that we live in, we over-identify with what we consume. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Way, way too much. So ads like these, they play a part of it. Now, good thing there was a pushback on this ad, right? But how many ads um, have we simply accepted as normative and who have shaped our ideas of what life should look like? You know, what is it that our lifestyle should look like? Oh, it's, it's this, we've been inundated with this image. We know exactly. Like if you were 10 years old, closed your eyes, what does your future look like? Most kids imagined what advertisers told them. Yeah, that's true. What that family looked like. They weren't sitting there looking at, they weren't thinking of blended families. They weren't thinking of, you know, families with adopted children. They weren't thinking of, you know, becoming art. They were thinking of a very specific set of jobs, very specific set of futures, very specific set of outcomes. Oh, I'm going to be a mommy. I'm going to be a daddy. I'm going to have two kids. Why? Where did they get that image from? Where did that come from? It doesn't exist in nature. It exists mm-hmm. in advertisement. And alongside that, beauty, right? How do we look as a people intimately tied to these advertisements? The kind of standards of beauty that we've accepted as normative, like this is what is beautiful, completely manufactured, right? Adam Driver is a perfect example of this, right? Adam Driver is not a particularly good-looking guy. There's nothing good-looking yeah. about him. But people think he's hot. Why do they think he's hot? Because he's got a schnoz. It's, because, it's not because of his schnoz. Why, <laughs> why do they think he's hot? Because we've been told. We've been told that he's hot. Yeah. <laughs> They've put him That's in advertisements. Awesome. I mean, there's no reason for his ass to have been shirtless in The Last Jedi and for him to have high-rise pants that goes up to his nipples. It's entirely unnecessary. But it was there, right? Because we were told that's sexy. And we just accepted it. Standards of beauty, what we think are attractive, what we don't think are attractive, what we think our lifestyle should be, all of that. All thanks to corporate America. Yeah, that is true. I guess because I learned when I was, when I traveled more internationally and you kind of saw the way ads Uh were, you know, in other countries compared to the ones you see out here, right? I mean, they do the same things, right? But you really kind of see where the values lie. You know, and like, and things, and everyone wants a lot of the same things, right? But yeah, I think standards of beauty is actually one of the biggest parts of it all because you kind of see, you know, in some areas of the world, the things that we find out here to be not beautiful, you know, is considered beautiful elsewhere. Or you know, there was a time in our history where things were, you know, were were in style and considered kind of, you know, the best of the best, and now are kind of considered backwards and 
unwashed as it were right so uh it's just kind of weird how it, malleable society is and yet we think that we, we think that we're all ruled by or governed by these like set rules of what is, yeah. is ultimately bullshit right you know yeah, yeah yeah i mean we we all collectively agreed that certain things look attractive yeah right true that just make no mind fucking sense they really don't i mean if, if you look back at the fashion that just our generation has lived through Trucker hats, bro. We yeah, thought they were yeah. cool. We went through this entire. I mean, I mean, what is the e boy and e e girl look? It's a what is that? It's homelessness and 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 uh, and the emo combined is what it is, mm. yeah. bro. But we, we just we accepted that. Wearing... We accepted like, oh, that's that 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 equals hotness. What the hell does that? How does that look? You're wearing a bowling shirt with a long sleeve shirt underneath it. <laughs> what? Yeah the fuck are you talking about but let me tell you when a guy walks in with that all the girls oh man he's so hot what the fuck he's wearing that's i saw that exact shirt on guy fieri yeah exactly (laughs) but because this it's it's fat it's manufactured it's created we're taught we're inundated with it and we simply accept it that's the reality is that our culture so much of our culture is just fucking corporate no. See, I love when these corporations go all out and then they fail, yeah. you know? So like pets.com for example, like they spent like millions of dollars on those Super Bowl commercials with like the little puppet and like you know, he had a little microphone he's interviewing people for pets.com and they went out of business. Um I love seeing Pepsi get slammed for their fucking giving a Pepsi to save the world with Kendall Jenner campaign or whatever mm. the fuck that was. That like like I love seeing that Budweiser recently, they got fucking slammed hard because they had that hashtag up for whatever. Yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Where... That's like the Marble don't be a maybe bullshit. Like, same thing. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I do love <laughs> it. Some of this stuff is just such meaningless bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a maybe. Like, uh, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like, if up. someone wrote that in an essay, I'd yeah. feel like, like fuck you. <laughs> you would write fuck yeah. you in your red pen. <laughs> but in a but in a but in a fucking ad boardroom. Oh man, it's genius! Yeah. And think, think, think about the people like that um, are are doing these ads, right? So you had Marlboro, a fucking tobacco company, saying um, "Don't be a maybe," right? And you have a beer company with Budweiser saying yeah. "Up for whatever." Yeah, it's like, like, let's just that. get drunk and say yes to everything. Like, yeah, that's a smart idea. I love, that. I love that. Like, they, they, it really just goes to show you they're they're just. They're bullshitting, and we all, we just swallow it up like it's yeah. no other. But don't just talk. Yeah. Peloton isn't just an ad thing that that is problematic for me, right? Like, so the the advertisement component is 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 a long history of shaping culture, right? What is considered beautiful? What's considered attractive? What is it that we're selling? We're selling you a body, a look, a lifestyle, an aesthetic, etc. That's all been advertisement at its heart. The other component of of this is is the biotech component of this, right? It's like She's filming herself this entire time. Mm-hmm. She's uploading videos and she's connected to Wi-Fi. There's something really alarming about how interconnected we're expected to be. Our technology is so interconnected that like, do I really need my fucking workout bike to be connected to Wi-Fi? Yeah, That's yeah. like we laugh about it, but it's like it's one of those questions you're like, really? The other day, just the other day, they were talking about how um the Amazon uh, Alexas 
were hacked. Oh yeah, I heard about uh, that. Yeah, and the ring and the ring, whatever's yeah, ring, ring and nest and, and nest. All of them were hacked, and people were like basically both watching people and two They're messing with people. They're talking to them, scaring little girls and and all sorts of shit. Um, and that I mean, that only is possible because we allow. Yeah, it. yeah, that's true. You Listen, know? I. We allow and that. I, to quite, I frankly, Diz, I think you understand this just like just like I would more than Ali. If I ever happen to die, I don't need someone to. I, you know, I don't want someone to have to erase my search history on my fucking bike, you know, or like, or really, mm. on, you know, <laughs> anything else either, you know. Like I'm like shit. How many? Bad enough how many times do I have to like cover my tracks in this like fucking digital footprint and shit? Everything. The hell are you using yeah, your bike for? Is what I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, like things can happen. You know, and this is but like, and the bike is uh, the most egregious example. The Peloton is like the most over. Like, damn, man, do we really need to be? I don't need to exercise by connecting to my trainer. I don't know, six hundred miles away or whatever stupid bullshit yeah. it is, right? But we uh, Apple Watch, Fitbit, yeah. right? Mm. All of, like we're just willfully, consensually, willingly handing over all of our personal private data our heart rate and biometrics and like all this other stuff we just be like all right here you go here's there's possible nefarious purposes can this massive multi-billion amoral unethical corporation possibly do with all this information yeah I don't know, bro. We're we're fucking like two steps away from, or one step away from a dystopian fucking future. We're two steps away from a dystopian future. We are in a dystopian future, Diz. Oh. We're sitting here talking shit about technology on <laughs> Apple Podcasts while your dumbass phone and your stupid shit on your wrist right now is sending direct messages to the Department of Homeland mm. Security. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, help it that I've been bad mouthing you to the government I either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I volunteer as tribute. We got advertisements that tell us, you know, what's beautiful and not, all while simultaneously selling us a piece of technology that's been probing our soul. Look, there's one good thing that happened from this Peloton ad, okay? And that's the fucking aviation gin commercial. Oh, yeah. same <laughs> that was that was brilliant on his part. That was brilliant. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, man. He did, that guy. He did a good one. That was he's, smart. He's one of yeah. my favorite people. He's one of the white, one of the few oh, white people I now, like. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the better Ben Afflecks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a good Ben Affleck. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one, right? Like yeah. that. <laughs> They're anti-white oh banter. <laughs> Sociopaths. <laughs> Good. Ah, it's old school. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but his ad. Tell us about his ad because I'm a, I'm not a fan. Yeah. So you see the chick Monica Ruiz, like you just see her eyes and like she looks like she did in that Peloton ad, like looking dead in her eyes. And then like it zooms out and she's at a bar and her friends are like, Are you okay? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. And then she just starts like chugging a glass of gin, like a gin martini. And then she takes both of her friends' gin martinis and starts taking those down too. Like it was just perfect. Like it looked like she realized that like what she did going on that Peloton for her fucking whole year and recording. We'll be remembering for that Peloton years from now. That was a good ad though. He was smart. Very, very smart. And it was very funny. 
Yeah, I'm gonna buy some aviation gin the next time I get a gin wow. and tonic. <laughs> wow, they re- they really they really did a number on you there, Diz. Nice job. No, no, no. I go I go Bombay Sapphire because Bombay is a city in India, and I have to support <sighs> brown men. Okay, so. <laughs> I think that's a good way to end that part, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Where's your soundboard? You literally feet? said over <laughs> identifying yeah, what we could say. Uh, where is my soundboard? Uh, Whoa, whoops. Oh, I dropped my monster condom that I used for my magnum dong. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Entirely no. No. <laughs> it's always sunny. That was Danny DeVito. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not allowed to. Know. Use that that was Danny DeVito from episode. It's Always Sunny. You're not, you're not allowed to great. use it at all for the rest I of the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's going to get us demonetized. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like we make any money now. Shit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. I actually wanted to bring something up also because uh, this just happened recently. So, um, you guys, know, guess, you know, uh, Ali, you're a big Neil Gaiman fan, right? I, I mean, love I love Neil Gaiman. One of my favorite. Yeah, I'm a huge Neil Gaiman fan, too. I don't Diz, Have you? Can you read? Sorry. I'm, um, only, I'm only kidding. Um, yeah. Have yeah. you have you read any Neil Gaiman really stuff before? It <laughs> 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 didn't even have bothered to ask if you knew who Neil Gaiman was. I've watched Lucifer on Netflix. Yes, Damn. I like Neil Gaiman. Oh, my God. You. Uh, okay uh, <laughs> yeah that's what you get motherfucker <laughs> uh, actually lucifer was the character was neil gaiman but the actual comic was based on mike carey which is complete we don't need to get into that but like so um you know he did this uh you know he's done anasazi boys he's done the graveyard book you know uh sandman right but also his book american gods is he's a part of yeah right now. With terry pratchett yeah, yeah like um so American Gods was a really great book about kind of the old world gods kind of clashing with gods of the new world, right? And it was a really great book series or a really great book. Um, and, uh, you know, Showtime had picked it up and made a show when they're in there. They're going to be in their third season pretty soon. Um, what's crazy about that is that it's been kind of marred in controversy ever since the beginning in terms of like production wise, right? And I mean, you know, at the start of season two, a lot of the actors that were part of it, like I think Kristen Chenoweth was in it and some other people that were playing these, like Jillian Anderson was in it and they were playing these like important characters to the series just kind of up and left. Yeah. And, you know, they were replaced in season two by lesser known actors. Right. And even the showrunners, the people who Neil Gaiman had picked to write and to like kind of head the show itself yeah. uh, also left yeah. before season two started. Right. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were clashing heads with uh, uh you know the uh either the network or the people running the, you yeah. know, the production company and everything else and you could tell the difference season one was really really good yeah and yeah an opportunity to really explore interesting and season two was really uneven yeah and let me like i want to kind of create the context if you guys haven't watched american you can actually find the clip on youtube now what's a character where orlando jones uh, which is a great, you know, he's a great, you've seen it. He was in Drumline and he did the Make 7 Up Yours campaign yeah, like yeah. T- 20 years ago, whatever else. He plays this uh, god named Anansi, uh, or they call him Mr. Nancy in there, right? And you, if you look, at, there's a scene where he's on a slave ship and he's like getting them to like try to like revolt, right? And like destroy the ship. It's a really great uh, speech that he does. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it really kind of, it puts, it kind of puts that fire in your belly in a, just a, a, in a specific way because he plays his character, this like trickster god in a very specific way. And I would argue that he probably makes the series for me, you know, with the way that he acts that yeah, way. Yeah. You know? He's, he's brilliant. And that line, uh, that particular scene was actually part of the promo at first. 
So yeah. even before the show started, they teased it a little bit. And then when the actual show, it was even better. So this is the, the context here is a, there's a man in West Africa who gets kidnapped by slavers and he's taken across the Atlantic. And while he's on his ship, he sees a spider and so he starts to pray to Anansi. And he says, Anansi, come help me, come help me. And he shows up. Anansi shows up as Orlando Jones wearing one of the most fantastic purple suits I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah, it looks Fucking great. Looks yeah. amazing in it. And he goes, you, you've asked for my help. Let me just tell you what's in store for you. Some of you weren't even going to make it across the ship. You are going to die here on, on this ocean. But for those of you that survive, if you think that that's the end of your suffering, you've got another thing coming. They're going to enslave you and torture you. And a hundred years now from now, the the very cotton that you picked, the very tobacco that you picked will give you lung cancer. And yeah. the sugar that you cultivate will lead to alcohol poisoning and diabetes. Like he says, like this whole thing is like, then a hundred years from now, they'll still be shooting you in the streets and your children. Like he just really just put it on the, like bringing on a sense of true true hopelessness yeah and then he yeah. turns to the guy who prays and goes ah now he's got it he's angry anger gets shit done yeah. it's this fascinating moment and it, it he riles up everybody snaps his fingers the chains come off and then you have a slave revolt the ship is burnt it's phenomenal great great scene eventually anansi makes his way into the new world and he repeatedly kind of plays that role in season one as both simultaneously a storyteller uh he does another great bit where he talks about getting a queen and he talks about bill Keese, the queen of sheba just really phenomenal he's one of those kind of he's the um he's the emotional drive of the story because the story has a lot of kind of weird and kind of twists and turns it's anansi that riles you up yeah, yeah. And it's honestly, I think him and Gillian Anderson's uh, characters in that show were amazing. Yeah. Right. So season one, absolutely go and watch it. You know, season two, it really I mean, he actually took on, I think, writing credits or something later. But like yeah. they really like they lost something in season two. And with season three coming out now, we find out that he's not even being picked up again for yeah. the third season. You know, and I actually have let me see if I can find the audio for he actually so on. He went on Twitter and talked about this. Right. And I'm going to I'm going to get the quote for you guys right now. September 10th, 2018, I was fired from American Gods. There will be no more Mr. Nancy. Don't let these mother tell you they love Mr. Nancy. They don't. I'm not going to name names, but the new season three showrunner is Connecticut born and Yale educated. So he's very smart. And he thinks that Mr. Nancy's angry get shit done is the wrong message for black America. That's right. This white man sits in that decision making chair. And I'm sure he has many black BFFs who are his advisors and made it clear to him that if they did not get rid of that angry God, Mr. Nancy, he'd start a Denmark VC uprising in this country. I mean, what else could it be? So, so what they're talking about is that the showrunner got replaced by this guy who I think who came from the walking dead. And what Orlando Jones is talking about is that, you know, that character, like the character that literally made, I think made the series made the first season, you know, is, is a character that they can no longer be, be behind because they think it sends the wrong message and essentially in his message he's saying that the guy the, the white guy in the suit who runs the show is telling me that you know we're not giving the right message to black america 
Right. Uh, and, you know, and to kind of even think about it that way is like so egregious, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, yeah, like, part of the issue is that that in season two, uh, Orlando jo- Jones stepped into the role of writer. And he really took on the role of writing for all the sort of minority, underrepresented gods, if you will. This was the kind of cool thing about American Gods as a TV show is that the book is actually quite limited. One, the book is actually elusive. It never quite clearly states who's a god and who's not. It just kind of alludes to things. Yeah. Which is very Neil Gaiman, right? It is very much so. Fashion. Yeah. Two, it is limited in its pantheon. While it includes Egyptian gods, it includes a jinn, includes, you know, Anansi and these others, it is a very Eurocentric view of the gods. There's not a lot. The main character is not a Hindu deity or a Chinese deity. It's Northern European, right? Yeah. It's Nordic. It's very clear. Um, what the what the show does is open it up. The show allows for a great deal of exploration and addition and expansion. And Neil Gaiman himself is very open about that. He goes, this isn't just we're not adapting the books. We're using the books to open this up to explore it even further. So there's going to be very clear changes. And that's generally a really good approach because, you you know, whenever you adapt anything, people are going to call out those changes. But if you embrace it going, we are going to change things and we're changing in this way, then it can be really empowering. And that's what happened with American Gods. It became very empowering. Anansi became a far bigger character in the show than he ever was in the books. The Jinn became an even bigger character on the show than he was in the book, not only representing a sort of Middle Eastern pantheon, but on top of that, representing LGBTQ. Mm. You know, he's a brown gay guy. That's a big deal. Uh, who has a brown Muslim lover. That's a big deal. So there was a, a really kind of a fascinating opening that happened in season one. In season two, the hope and promise of all that kind of fell on Orlando Jones's shoulders. And he had to write for all those people. And he did a phenomenal job by dropping Orlando Jones. And not just dropping him, but also dropping Musa Karish, who played the djinn. They're sending a very clear signal in what stories matter and what stories don't matter. Uh, yeah, That yeah. the opening up of American Gods in season one was saying these stories matter. The closing down of those stories in season three is saying that those stories no longer matter. They're no longer important. It's not just a tonal shift. It's not just a matter of representation. It's a matter of saying those stories don't matter to us anymore. They added on another leprechaun. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they have no problems there. But somehow the story of the jinn is over. The story of Anansi is over. And there was so much. Musa Karish, who was playing the jinn, is a phenomenal actor. Uh, and he did a great job with, with the Jen. Very interesting. There was so much they could have done to explore his roots and his lore, uh, to really bring in a Middle Eastern pantheon there. They could have done so much more with, with Anansi or Mr. Nancy, but they didn't. And th- so, you know, they could claim that this wasn't a decision based off of race, that they weren't, you know, that no, Orlando Bloom, or not Orlando, Orlando Jones is wrong. <laughs> this wasn't about, you know, his anger. To, they can claim all that. But the message that's coming across, I don't know. That seems pretty clear to me. Yeah. I like the idea of Orlando Bloom actually fighting 
for freaking like an American gods for you know like the idea of that, which is kind of funny. But uh, you know, also I uh, so the production company that's behind this is called Fremantle Productions, uh, yeah. behind the show, and uh, you know they already have issues because they're the ones that produce the uh, America's Got Talent, and Gabrielle yeah. Union essentially yeah. you know was just uh, had just left the show because of the environment talking about you know kind of the toxic yeah. environment there you know uh you know and apparently jay leno had made some you know racist asian jokes and shit and she wasn't happy about that amongst other things and about yeah. how she was straight about her her hairstyle is being too black for tv you know all sorts yeah. of things like that so uh, orlando jones kind of in solidarity is like you know we're in the same we're fighting the same battle here with this company in the sense that you know our blackness is uh you know because it doesn't look good in their eyes for production or for tv we're being silenced as a result of that yeah yeah and, yeah it's they i mean they do that in sports too right like um i mean we all know about colin kaepernick like speaking out yeah. and, and and silently protesting and he just did a fucking workout where scouts said he looked phenomenal, looked like he had the same arm he did coming out of college. And I heard that his no receiver from that ended up getting a position. His receiver got like I think signed to a practice squad for a team. Oh, fuck, that was right. Nice. But yeah, but he didn't. Wow. Even though like the guy showed that like he still had the same promise he did fucking eight years ago when he came out of college and like, but you know that that's that's well known, right? Uh, something that like people don't know about as much is um, a guy named Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Mm. Uh, so Mahmoud Abdul Rauf was, you guys have heard of Steph Curry, yeah. right? All right. So Mahmoud Abdul Rauf was Steph Curry before there was a Steph Curry. Um, the way the game is played now in the NBA, like teams are shooting more threes, and that's because Steph Curry changed the game. The way he plays like basketball, he just was shooting more threes and now teams have adopted that. They realize, hey, three points is worth more than two. Mm. Oh, imagine um, that. Yeah, right. Um, but like back in like the nineties and the eighties, like teams were shooting like maybe ten to thirteen threes a game as a team, right? Whereas Steph Curry does that on a on a daily basis now. Um but Mahmoud Abdul Rove's one of the league's best shooters. Um he was averaging like twenty points per game. He was um he had like the he had he led the league in free throw percentage like for an all-time high like he's and still to this day like he's number three in like field goal percentage for a season which is like absurd because like it you know so like he was a really good player um and in the height of his career was 1996 so in march of 1996 you know like he decided that he didn't feel that he should stand for the national anthem and that you know like he said to for him the flag represented oppression and tyranny right to many cultures um and this is back in 1996 like we're not talking like recently yeah but so, also not ancient history yeah but so he he sat down and during the national anthem he would just silently because he converted to islam back in 1991 and he would silently just read an islamic prayer you know, like that was just his way of kind of saying, I, I don't want to stand for this, right? I don't want to stand for the oppression and like the, the tyranny that's going on to not only me as a black man, but to other f people of different faiths and uh, colors in this country. Mm -hmm. um, right after he did that, some he was playing for the Denver Nuggets. Some DJs from Denver actually went into a mosque during Friday prayer and started playing the national anthem as like retribution. Jesus. Yeah, 
yeah, they got suspended for like a few a few months, and then they had to like do this apology, and they reconciled with the Muslim community there in Denver. But like that was their response to it. And then the guy was averaging about twenty points per game that season, which is really good, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's that's all star caliber points per game. He literally got traded from Denver to uh, Sacramento that season because they didn't want to deal with him there. Mm-hmm. Um, they cut his playing time by a lot in Sacramento because they're just like, we don't want this guy to play because it's it's detrimental to our team and we don't want him out there. That's not the representation we want. Um, he was fined by the NBA for every game that he didn't stand up during the national anthem, basically to the point where he was kicked out of the league and blackballed out of the league. Oh, right? man. He went on to have like a good career overseas and like in Europe, and then he played in Saudi Arabia. And now at age fifty, um, he's playing in this thing called the Big Three, which is Ice Cube um, has like a basketball league in the summer, where it's a bunch of like former NBA players, so guys who literally just left the NBA, right? Yeah. So they're they're a little bit out of their prime, but it's also guys who like were weren't the greatest NBA players, but they have a way to shine here in the big three tournament. And Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf has been playing in that league for the past three years that it's been going on. And he's like won the MVP twice. His team has won the championship twice because of him. Like mm-hmm. he's got like the, the third highest three point percentage in that league. So even at age 50, he still has skills, right? Like imagine how like good he was back in his twenties and thirties when his career was stripped from him because mm-hmm. like he spoke out and like they do that in sports, man. Like you can't speak out against things because it's they they say you become a detriment to your team or you're a distraction and this and that. But it's basically like, you know, you're black, we're paying you a lot of money, shut the hell up and just play the game. Well, you know, I think like, a part of the question is whose stories get told, who gets to be the face of something, and for what purpose, right? So Mr. Anansi, mm-hmm. sure he can stay. So long as his message to Black America is the right message, right? Um, mm-hmm. Same thing. You can play sports as a Black American, but can you protest? That's a different question. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Before we uh, wrap up and and end, let's uh, do a quick wrap up of uh, predictions for Star Wars. Since by the time they're listening, this people are going to be watching. Uh, my prediction: uh, Palpatine's obviously back. Ray is either a Kenobi or a Palpatine. Uh, Palpatine's been behind it all, and I think uh, obviously Raylo is going to go canon, and there's going to be some type of redemption there. But I don't think he's going to make it. Who Kylo? Kylo. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. But there's going to be a redemption, kind of Vader esque redemption, and maybe uh, some type of a yeah official Raylo was real. All right, what about you, V? Uh, I predict that people are going to hate J.J. Abrams. Well, I, already the reviews, from what I hear, is that it's not going to be good. Oh, really? Oh, people I haven't been people have not liked the reviews. Oh, no one said in the no details, obviously, because it's still yeah. embargoed. But yeah, people have not been a fan. Oh well, okay. So maybe I. I mean, that's it. That was guaranteed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, honestly, I'm not. I'm so far away from the Star Wars universe now in terms of, like the new movies. I, I, you know, it's neither here nor there for me anymore. Honestly, what about you, Diz? Um, I think uh, Hayden Christensen makes an appearance That's as like right. a force ghost. That's it. Yeah. Um. I will. Yeah. I. I don't want it, but like I'm. I, that's my prediction is that Hayden Christensen makes an appearance as a force ghost. Um. I think, uh, Ray somehow is like 
a, I think I think she's a Skywalker, not a, a Kenobi. Um, I think it just makes sense with it being the story of Skywalker. It's either that or fucking Kylo reverts to the light side of the Force um, and like takes on the Skywalker mantle or some shit. Is what is it? It's called the Rise of Skywalker. Mm. Right. So I think I think it's either one of the two. Either Kylo like takes on the mantle of Skywalker or Ray's actually a Skywalker. All right, let's end it there. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are about uh, Star Wars or uh, the Peloton ad. You can get a hold of us and Diz will let you know how you can do that. Yeah, no spoilers, please. We haven't watched the movie yet. We got to go watch it this weekend. Um, you can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, uh, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. And um, if you're listening to us, you're probably listening to us on either Google Play Music, Stitcher, or the iTunes podcast app. Um, if you've already given us a five-star rating and left a review, thank you so much. We appreciate all your feedback that you've given us. If you haven't, what the fuck are you waiting for, bro? Come on. Like, give us some some five-star ratings and reviews. Um, and make your friends listen to us. Like, let's be real. You're not a true friend until you expose your friends to Currently Nerdy. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can they get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTran214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214 on my website, thesandwichslayer.com. Elite. You can catch me on social media at A-A-O-L-O-M-I on my website, aliolomi.com, or on our sister podcast, Head on History. Diz? You can find me everywhere at Dizbulla, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. If you want to get your ass whooped in 2K, come see me on Xbox Live. It's Dizbulla on Xbox Live. And also, currently Nerdy Sports. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash currently nerdy sports. Look, fantasy like championships are going on right now. Listen to us, know who you should start, know who should you should sit, and maybe you'll win your share of your prize pool. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the currently nerdy empire.